expression. He is the one that can provide and always give us mercies and favor. In Jesus' name, we thank him for that. Thank him for dying on the cross. And we do need his help. We need his help on a daily basis because we are wrestling against principalities. We are wrestling against the evil one that's trying to destroy humanity. God, help us. In Jesus' name, help me, Amen. Just help.
and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. She was Naaman's wife maid. And she was and she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus, therefore, and thus therefore said, The maid that is of the land of Israel and the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold, and 10 changes of raiment clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. Now leprosy is considered an unclean spirit under the eyes of God. Leprosy is an unclean spirit and is so unclean that you cannot be around other people. Name it my servant to thee that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God? Am I God? He, he said, he, he rent his clothes, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Am I God to do that? Can I do that? Can I kill and make alive? Am I God to heal him of his leprosy? No. But we do know a man. Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elijah, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Is there a problem? Let him come now to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Now here's the thing. When you know that there is a man of God in your neighborhood, don't let him pass you by. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Naaman came with his horses, with his chariots, and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. And here's the kicker of Naaman's situation, because he was a man of valor. 
he was the captain of the host. So the captain of the host says, but Naaman was wrong and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Ab Abana, Abana, and Farsar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Now the text for today is don't expect but anticipate your deliverance in an unclean place. Don't expect but anticipate your deliverance in an unclean place. In other words, when Peter was on the housetop and the vision came to him about certain animals to eat, and Peter said, not so, Lord. And the Lord said, do not say what is unclean that I have, that I have cleansed. So what I'm saying is, Peter, was dis his discussion with God was that not to eat the unclean thing. But God was letting him know about the Jews and the Gentiles and the circumcision and the uncircumcision. So the Elijah told Laban to go dip in the river Jordan seven times and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his Lord, his God. Now, Naaman was expecting that and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Naaman was expecting that. Are not Abana and Farfar, Farpar, rivers of Damascus better than all the, river, the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Now here's the thing. The river Jordan was full of unclean things. In other words, the river of Jordan was dirty. Now, Jesus came that we might have life. And he came in the flesh because the flesh joined of no good thing. So Jesus came in flesh and condemned flesh, which was sin, and conquered the flesh. And that gave him all power. So what I'm saying is that Jesus has all power. If God tells you to go dip, in an unclean place, then go dip in an unclean place. Do not expect, but anticipate your deliverance in an unclean place. Jesus is mighty, and he's mightier than the man of valor. So he told the man of God to tell the mighty man of valor, the captain of the host, to go dip in the river Jordan. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to bid thee 
do some great thing, would have thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he said, saith to thee, wash and be clean. The key word is wash and be clean. It doesn't matter what place you're in or what place you have to go for your deliverance because deliverance is everywhere. And if God tells you to go to a certain place for your deliverance, wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. The flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now, here's the thing. When you confess Christ, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away, and new things have become, and all things have become new. Now, here's the thing. You are in an unclean situation. It's not your fault. But you have been hit with an unclean situation because the devil does not fight fair. So he puts us in unclean situations. And we're caught up in that unclean situation. But God is so merciful and he has all power. And when he tells you where to go and what to do, obey the man of God. Because the man of God heard that the king rent his clothes. What is the king's problem? Why did he rent his clothes? Because his captain of the host was hit with leprosy. Now, here's the thing. Laman, Naaman was not particularly a God-fearing man. But he knew that there was a God. So he called upon the prophet to pray for him, but he wanted the prophet to pray for him the way that he wanted to be prayed for. And that's not how that works. You are in an unclean situation. You are desperate to be delivered from that unclean situation if you allow God to deliver you the way he wants to deliver you. Here's the thing. The disciples were headed to the other side and there was a storm, a distraction, because there was a man in the cemetery that needed deliverance. So the storm came, the distraction came to offset the deliverance of the man in the cemetery. But God, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, got up and said, peace be still, and continued over to the other side, and guess who he met in the cemetery? He met a man that was possessed with multiple legions of devils. Now, here's the thing. The man was in an unclean situation, and Jesus came over to the other side and cleansed him, in other words, cast out the spirit of legion into the pigs. And the man was clothed 
and in his right mind. The thing is, the man was naked. He didn't have any clothes on. He was out of his mind because he was hit with an unclean spirit by the name of Legion. And Legion was cast out from among him, and he was clothed. They gave him some clothes, and he was in his right mind. So here's the thing. We are here as men and women of God to go into the unclean places and heal God's people because there are deliverance in the midst of the unclean. Now, Naaman obeyed God, went and dipped seven times, and on that seventh time, God blessed him the way Elijah spoke unto him. And the Bible says, believe in the prophet and you will prosper. But don't kick against what God is saying. If God tells you to do a thing, obey God because you are in an unclean place and you cannot logically think your way out of this unclean space or place except God deliver you in the midst of this unclean place. Now, God is the one that can only deliver us from the unclean things. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross and condemned sin in the flesh. And sin is unclean. We were wrapped in iniquity. We were born in iniquity. So in other words, what I am saying is we cannot survive without the spirit of God. We need God. That's why the songwriter says, help me. Help me, Lord. And the other songwriter said that God is my portion. God is the one that gives. God constantly gives. God gives deliverance. God gives prosperity. God gives prosperity in your soul. God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So, go dip in the unclean Jordan. Yes, a banner was clean. Beautiful. Beautiful trees around, grass green, the water is clear. Why can't I dip in that? Why can't I dip in that? Now, question. How can you pour oil in water? They will not combine themselves, but they will continually separate themselves because they are two different textures of liquid. So, you go dip in the unclean because technically you were hit with that unclean spirit. So you dipped in the unclean seven times and you left the unclean in the water of Jordan after the seventh dip. And God blessed you and your skin was like a little baby. So in other words, what am I saying is that 
God is the water of life. When you drink from his cup, you will never thirst. So constantly, we are going through a battle with this flesh because this flesh dwells no good thing and that the flesh is an enemy against God. And our spirit is in the flesh, but God's spirit can modify, modify this flesh if we allow it to happen. Why? Because God conquered. He conquered sin in the flesh. And the flesh was wrapped in sin. So the day that we were born, we were born in the flesh, which was wrapped up in sin and iniquity. So in order for us to be saved from the flesh, we need to go deep. In other words, we need to obey God's word and continue to confess that we need him. We need his help. God is our helper. We need him. The 12th verse is when Naaman, the mighty man of valor, the prestigious ability that he had in the flesh as the captain of the host. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? In other words, I am the captain. So I need to do captain things. That's not how that works. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hands of God. Um, humble. Humble means to reference God, means to believe what God is saying and not what you're saying, not what you're expecting. Because you cannot expect what you want God to do when it comes to your deliverance. There are multiple ways that God can deliver you. Not just that one hate, that one way, just laying hands on you, laying hands on the condition, and you'll be delivered. That's not how God works. He didn't work that way when the man was at the tombs. God didn't have to lay hands on him. He spoke to the spirit and asked the spirit, what is thy name? And the spirit answered him and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. My name is Legion, for we are many. Now, there also was unclean spirits that recognized Christ as being the Messiah, and he told them, to be quiet. Don't tell anyone. Now, here's the thing. This is the problem with the devil. Now, if he knew the future like he think he does, he would never try to overthrow heaven and take over. 
never tried that because he would know that he would have been a loser. And see, the problem with him is that he thought that he could take over heaven. Yes, he took a third of the angels with him, and that's why you have to be careful because the devil is crafty, very cunning. He has familiar spirits that watches you 24 hours a day. He's watching your body language because he cannot read your mind, but he can watch the body language because body language speaks in volume. And he knows that. And the only way he can trap you is to read your body language. And then the, um, the uh, familiar spirit and the nosy demons will come back with a report and let him know what type of body language that you have, and then you have to, they have to pursue what they saw in their body language. And when they see what they saw in their body language, then that's when different spirits begin to attack you because of the body language. They cannot read your mind, but they can study your body language. So, Naaman went to the prophet Elijah. And Elijah not one time came out to see Naaman. Sometimes when you're a man or a woman of God, you don't have to see the person, but you can hear God's voice. And when God speak, you can delegate that message through your people. And that's what Elijah did when he told his servant to go tell Naaman to dip in the river Jordan seven times. And Elijah never saw Naaman, and Naaman never saw Elijah, but he knew that Elijah was the man of God. Once you know that this person is a man of God, then you need to listen to what the man of God is saying or the woman of God is saying. If the man or woman of God tell you, thus saith the Lord, then you need to take heed to what thus saith the Lord and obey and get delivered. A lot of people miss their deliverance because they continue in the unclean place because they are expecting a certain way for God to come in and intervene in their life. Do not expect a certain way, but anticipate that God will deliver you. The anticipation is there for you to expect on something that is about to happen. You're expecting it, but you're not expecting it in a certain way, but you are expecting God to deliver you however he chooses to. It's a difference. Expection, expecting, or anticipating. You expect is what you see that you want to be done. But the anticipation is that you 
delivered. Go give. Jesus, you are a infallible God. You never wrong. You never make mistakes. You are infallible. You are a God that knows all in all in all because you are omnipresent and the enemy is not omnipresent. That's why he need different demons and spirits to go out to be nosy on what God's people are doing. Now, if you are not saved, you're open game. And as God has his mercy on you and a plan for you and protect you because of that plan. But if you're not under the protection of God, you are an open game. You are full of unclean places that you shouldn't be. But you go in there because you are not protected or you haven't confessed Christ. Since you haven't confessed Christ, you will end up in multiple unclean places or unclean situations or unclean spirits that's trying to take over your body and decay it with diseases and just make you feel bad in your body. And the thing is, those spirits are going to teach you how to become diseased. In other words, if it's a cancer spirit, the cancer spirit is going to teach you their symptoms. And once they teach you their systems, symptoms, they want you to obey the symptoms and let the symptoms grow and the cancer gets bigger and that's when the unclean spirit of cancer needs to be cast out. And it walks through dry places and saith to himself, I will go back from whence I came and bring seven more which are wickeder than he was. So, what am I saying? Obey God, get your deliverance in the unclean places, and keep moving. Because we are in a battle for our lives. We want to live. We want to live a long time. If you read in Psalms 91, when, when, when God says long life and salvation, I will give you long life and salvation. In other words, I will give you long life. I will cast out all of the unclean spirits so that you may live a long time. And you have salvation with your deliverance. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this word. We thank you for being who you are because you are the one that can keep us clean. You are the one that can cast out unclean spirits through your man and woman of God or just through your word. God, you are the one. You are the one. You are the Messiah. You 
are the Messiah. You are the anointed one, and you are anointed because you was anointed before you began your ministry. Now, if you have to be anointed before your ministry began, then we actually, actually, we have to do the same thing. We have to become anointed before we go into ministry. And we thank you for your Pentecostal movement. We thank you for sending your spirit, the comforter, that we may continue the ministry which you have set forth for your people. And we are your ambassador. And we thank you for your spirit. Because you said in the word that it is not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit saith the Lord. By my spirit saith the Lord. Read Second Kings, the fifth chapter, one through fourteen. Jesus died for our sins. And just same likeness, the waters of Israel was unclean. As we as sinners that were born in iniquity or shaped in iniquity, it was unclean because of our flesh. Jesus shed his blood in a water that was unclean and became that living water for our sins. He became that living water for our sins. Jesus was poked on the side. He was thirsty. They gave him vinegar instead of water. I mean, they tortured him not knowing that he was dying for them all at the same time. The people that tortured him, Jesus was dying for. Can I repeat that? The people that tortured Jesus, Jesus was also dying for them. And Jesus shed his blood, which is the water of life. And he shed his blood in the midst of the unclean place that he was in, which was the flesh. The flesh was unclean, and Jesus condemned the unclean, which was the sin the sinful flesh. Now if Jesus have not conquered that, then what would have happened? Imagine that. What would have happened? It's the same thought that the devil had when he was in heaven. He wanted to conquer heaven. And imagine if he had a conquered heaven. But we know that's not so because Jesus has all power and he is God. So how can you overthrow a God that created you and he knows you better than you know yourself but you're trying to go up against God, the creator that created you. In other words, what are you saying, preacher? God knows us. 
and everyone that called themselves atheists or whatever religion that they're in, God knows best. He knows you. He knows you. He knew you before you were born, just like he told Jeremiah. He knew Jeremiah was going to be a prophet before he was born. Now, God knows us. He knows me. He knows you. He knows our downfalling, and he knows our uprising. He knows that we're going to slip. He knows that. And he's there to pick you up. Why? Because he is a merciful God, and he knows he's been there. He was tested at all points. How was he tested? When he came down and the word was wrapped up in flesh and the word of God condemned flesh, condemned sin in the flesh, killed it. In other words, he killed it. He killed it for us. He killed the flesh for us. In other words, in order for us to be conquerors over this flesh, we have to get in God's spirit who had already conquered the flesh. He conquered sickness and disease by his stripes when he beat them. Sickness and, sickness and disease died with those stripes. By his stripes, we are healed. And when he died on the cross, all power was given unto him in heaven and on earth. So what are you saying? There's nothing on this earth that can deter you from the spirit of God. You're a millionaire, so be it. God has multiple millions. God has uncountable millions or billions. So what are you saying? The earth is the Lord's. And everything that dwells here is given to us richly for us to enjoy, the Bible says. He richly give us all things to enjoy. So if whatever you have on this earth that was given to you, it was given to you for pleasure because you cannot take nothing back with you. But you can enjoy the things that he gives you on this earth. He gives you richly all things to enjoy. He gives you that wife. He gives you that house. He gives you children. He gives you a business. He gives you richly all things to enjoy. And we thank God for that because your deliverance is in an unclean place. Remember that. Because if you didn't need deliverance, then there is no unclean in your place or in your area or in your surroundings. There is something that is unclean around you or in you that you need deliverance from. 
it could be situations, it could be sickness and disease, but it is all unclean. Remember that. Remember that. Remember that. Remember that. It is all unclean. Everything that is unclean is not of God. So if you have unclean things in your life, you need deliverance. Because you are caught up in an unclean place or you're caught up in an unclean position and you need deliverance before the devil tries to take you out. And that's his main goal. So we need to recognize God and know that he is a deliverer. He delivered Israel from the hands of Pharaoh. He delivered Ziglag from the hands of the people that took David, wives and children and their jewelry and their prosperity with them. And David pursued but before he pursued, he cried and he wept and he cried and he wept and he cried and he wept until he had no other power to weep. And he stood up and asked God, should he pursue? But before he asked God to pursue, he asked his servant to bring me hither the ephod which was the 12 tribes of Israel. An ephod was a vest with the 12 tribes of Israel. And that's when David stood up and asked God, should he pursue? And God said, thou shalt pursue. And not only that thou shalt pursue, but ye shall recover all. Why? Because David was caught up in an unclean place when he got back to Ziglag, it was burned with fire. It was shut down. It was unclean. And David pursued and gathered all the wives and children, all the prosperity, and grabbed all the prosperity of the enemy. So imagine whatever the enemy takes from you, he has to give double, double. Double, double, double for your trouble. Now, listen. Naaman dipped, right? Seven times, Naaman dipped. And the seventh time, Naaman came up, and his skin was like a little baby. And Naaman was a grown man. So his flesh went back to his baby years. God blessed him with some beautiful skin. Not only did he heal him of the leper, but he healed his skin with beauty. With beauty, with beauty, God healed his skin. Made him his skin look like a little baby, like a newborn baby. New, just smooth. God can do it. You lose your teeth, God can do it. He can grow it back. He can grow up back. God can do anything that he chooses to in the way he want to do it. As long as you are delivered, it's all that matters. 
deliver us out of our financial problems, deliver us from sickness and disease, deliver us from mental disorders like the man at the tomb. They thought that man was crazy. He wasn't crazy. He was possessed with an unclean spirit that's called legion, for we are many. Now, the many we don't know, but many is a lot. And it was so much so that when they went into the pigs, the pigs couldn't handle him, couldn't handle the legion. They drowned in the water. Why? Because it was too much for them. So imagine how much data, clean or unclean, that you can have in your mind. We have unlimited, unlimited data that we can have in our mind. Now, the devil wants to keep our data unclean. He wants us to he wants to fill us with devilish things to do things against people or to do things against God. It's the same thing though, because those are God's people. And it, you have to be careful when you're doing things to God's people because the devil is not going to reap the consequences because he's a spirit. But you are the one going to be held carrying the bag. The bag is going to be in your hand and there's nothing you can do about it. Why? Because the devil is a spirit and that bag is caught in your hand. Now you have to face the consequences. Whatever those consequences are, you have to face them. So be careful because the enemy is like a roaring lion. He walks to and fro seeking whom he may devour. And he doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care about your status. As long as he can get in. In other words, as long he can, as long as he can break in or break through into your life, then that's what he's gonna try to do. And then we're praying that we get a breakthrough from the breakthroughs that the devil broke into your life with. So you got breakthroughs that the devil's trying to break in, then you have breakthroughs where you want God to break you out of what the devil has broke in. It's a thief. A thief. Just like the Bible said, when you come in to a man's house, you have to bind a strong man. In other words, get the one who's in charge. And once you get the ones who are in charge, then you have the whole house. So be careful. Got your heart. Be aware at all times in Jesus' name because we have to be aware. You have to look and keep on looking because the enemy is lurking. He's waiting. He's anticipating to destroy you. He is trying to take you out. But thank God, thank God, thank God for who he is. We have to 
always thank them because there are some things that we are being protected from that we don't even know or never knew what it was that God protected us from. Throughout life's so, ups and downs, you've always kept yourself. What am I saying is, God can reach you and you don't even know what he's reaching you, reaching for about. Just know who he is, God. Couldn't find one to come to 
got it. Joy in the morning. Joy in the evening. I got it. I got it like the Bible says. I got joy. I got peace. I got it. Thank God for the inspirational ministers and ministers of the gospel. And not only ministers of the gospels, but minister of song. Thank God for Ron Mitchell, B.B. Winings, and last but not least, Tasha Cobb. I got it. There's nobody greater. Nobody greater than Jesus Christ, the anointed one, because he is the anointed. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for another Sunday. We thank you for being who you are, because you are the I am, because he is I am. Father God, bless this message. In Jesus' name, we come against every doctrine of devils, every seducing spirit that we're trying to offset or seduce this ministry. In Jesus' name, God, we pray and we magnify you and we thank you for revelation knowledge that it may go forth and bless your people, save them, sanctify them, and set them apart, God, for your glory, because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the chief cornerstone. You are the master builder that has a foundation that we need to stand on, which is your word, the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for your blood that was shed on Calvary. We thank you for being the son of God that he, that he gave you to us. He sacrificed you for us. Not for him, but for us that we may have a part in the kingdom and we thank God and we're going to go into our message and we're going to bless God amen bless God the scripture for today is Matthew, the 23rd chapter, starting at the first verse, with our key verses will be verse number 8 and verse number 10. Starting at the first verse, then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All, therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, listen. That observe or listen and do, but do not ye after their works. For they say and do not. In other words, they have good doctrine, but evil examples of life. But all 
for they say, for they say, and do not, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves would not move them with one of their fingers, would not lift a finger. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the othermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogue and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ the anointed, and all ye are brethren, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ the anointed. But he that is greater among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour windows, for ye devour widows, houses, and windows, houses, and for a presence, a presence, for ye devour windows, houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. And our text for today is that there is only one master. Matthew 23, 8, 9, and 10. Be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ. And all ye are brethren. In other words, you are equal to one another. And call no man your father upon the earth. For one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters. For one is your master, even the anointed Christ. There is only one master. A master is the most dominant. Occupying or being in a commanding or elevated position. And Jesus was elevated. If you read John the 12th chapter, starting at the 32nd verse, and I, if, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That makes him the master because he has been elevated. After he died on the cross, he had took the stain from death and he stole the victory from the grave. Now, Jesus has power over death. He can destroy it. He can destroy death. He has power over the grave because he got up. He rose on the third day. 
And he said to his disciples and to every mankind, if I, and I, if I be lifted up upon, up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. In other words, there is only one master, and the master is the Christ, the anointed, the Jesus, the Messiah, the one that died for our sins. And we thank God. I know I thank God for him dying on the cross for me. He didn't have to do it. He could have left us hanging. He could have left us in the state that we're in. But because God was so merciful, instead of him continually using lambs on the altar, physically, he used his only begotten son. He sent him in the flesh, which was the word wrapped up in flesh. And he began his journey to protect us from the enemy. Not only did he protect, protect us from the enemy, he also gave us salvation and strength. And we thank God for salvation and strength. Thank God for being who he is because he is the I Am. Just lift them up. Keep lifting them up. Because why? There is only one master. There is no one that's above you. And if that person thinks that they are above you, then they are servants. If anyone that is greater among you, they are your servants. Jesus is the greatest servant that lives because he died for us on the cross. And he's servants, he's servants, he's ministering to us. Not only that he minister to us, but he gives us salvation. And not that he's going to give us salvation, he is our strength. He gives us strength. So Jesus is the only one that is the master over our souls. No one can control you. No one cannot control your life. When people try to dictate or tell you how you should live or how you should speak or however they're trying to control you, they are not your master. There is only one master. Amen. One master. Matthew, the 23rd chapter, 8, 9, and 10. Read that. Let it get in your spirit. And you're not saying that you're being rebellious against other people. That's not what I'm saying. But you are not a robot for no one. God has given us our free will. We are free will agents and we have choices to make. And we choose Christ. I choose Christ. I confess Christ. I confess that he died for my sins. And not only did he die for my sins, but he rose the third day with victory from the grave. And not only did he have victory from the grave, but he has given us a part of his righteousness that we may be saved through him, through his righteousness, and not of ours, because our righteousness is as of filthy rags. And we have to remember that. We are equal. We are all brothers. We are the same. 
we are looking to the hills, which is Christ, from where our help comes from. And remember that there is nobody greater. They may know more than what you know. And if they do, then they become your servant. In other words, to teach you, like the Bible says, teach them to observe all things. So he is teaching you or she is teaching you all things. Matthew the 23rd chapter. I'm going to read some of this in the Amplified, starting at the first verse. And then Jesus said to the multitudes and to his disciples, the scribes and Pharisees sit on Moses' seat of authority. So observe and practice all they tell you, but do not do what they do. Some people can preach and preach, give you the word, they can preach, but they're not living what they are preaching. So observe and practice all they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heaven loads, hard to bear, and place them on men's shoulders. But they themselves would not lift a finger to help bear them. They do all their works to be seen of men. Now you have some people, some preachers, some churches, they do all their works to be seen of men. For they make wide their phylacteries, small cases enclosing certain scripture passages worn during prayer on the left arm and forehead and make long their faith, their fringes worn by all male Israelites, according to the command, Exodus the 13th chapter, the ninth verse, Numbers 1538, and Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6 and 8. And they take pleasure in and thus, therefore, love the place of the honor, love the place of honor at feast and the best seats in the synagogue. In other words, the best seats in the house because they want to be seen. They want to be looked upon as prestigious. They want people to look at them a certain type of way to have us or other people, quote unquote, lay members, to see them and to see how great they are in the ministry but not living according to the word. If you go back up in that third verse, so observe and practice all they tell you. So nothing wrong with that. Observe and practice all they tell you. So observe and practice all that they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they preach, but do not practice. You got some cursing preachers. You got whoremonging preachers. You got preachers that speaks in the spirit of divination. But yeah, they, they teach you the word, but they're not living what they are teaching. And take and they take pleasure 
in and thus love the place of honor and feast in the best seats in the house. In other words, the best seats in the synagogues. And to be greeted with honor in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi, but not living a nickel worth of dog meat. But you are not to be called rabbi, teacher, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone in the church on earth father, for you have one father who is in heaven. Now, when you think of father, you think of the Catholic church because they have fathers. So you listen at that ninth verse and do not call anyone in the church on earth father. For you have one father who is in heaven. Repeat that ninth verse, prophet, once again. You have fathers that are in the Catholic church that are called fathers. And do not call anyone in the church on earth father. For you have one father who is in heaven. And you must not be called masters, leaders. For you have one master, leader, the Christ, the anointed one, and the anointing. And his anointing. He is the anointed one. And he is anointed. Because Jesus, before he started his ministry, he had to be anointed. And if Jesus had to be anointed before ministry, what makes you think that you do not have to be anointed before you begin your ministry? The 11th verse, he who is greatest, who, he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. I repeat, he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Why? Because they know a lot and they have information so they have to serve you with that information. That's what makes them greater. But they're not the greater among you to be looked upon as great. But they are greater to be looked upon as a servant, a servant of the gospel. Whoever exalts himself with haughtiness and empty pride shall be humble, brought low. And whoever humbled himself, whoever has a modest opinion of himself and behaves accordingly shall be raised to honor. In other words, you don't have to put yourself out there to say, look at me. I am great. I am the apostle. I am the prophet. I am the teacher. I am the evangelist. I am the pastor. You don't have to do that. You don't have to put yourself up on a pedestal. Be humble. Stay humble. And 
and stay being a servant for God's people because that is the purpose of you being here or being in leadership is to be a servant and not to be served, but to be a servant and not to be served. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces, for you neither enter yourselves, for you neither enter yourselves, nor do you allow those who are about to go in to do so. Stumbling blocks. These are stumbling blocks. Now, the master is the most dominant. A company or being in a condemned or being in a commanding or elevated position, John 12, 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, would draw all men. Now we have equalities on this earth. We all are equal. We all are God's people. We are equal. Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, starting at the second verse. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Acts, the 10th chapter, and the 28th verse. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now Peter was on a housetop. And when God told him not to call any man common or unclean, he showed him beasts that he should eat. And Peter said, not so, Lord. The revelation to that is that he wasn't talking of physically eating meat. He was talking about the man, the common and unclean. Now, in other words, when Peter came out of the vision, three men met him at the gate, and he, they wanted Peter to go preach to their people. And Peter didn't catch the vision until after he got to the house, is what God was saying. Not, you should not call any man common or unclean. So he noticed the bell ringing and the light came on in his head that this is what the vision was about when he was on the housetop waiting on the women to finish cooking and he fell into a trance and God showed him many beasts to eat. And the beast that God showed him, Peter said, not so, Lord, thou shalt not eat. But that's not what the metaphor of that beast or beast were for. It was for his people, the Jews and the Gentiles. Not call any man common or unclean. Because why? All the people of God is his. All souls are mine, according to Ezekiel. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Romans, the 10th chapter, starting at the 12th verse. For there is no difference, difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord 
over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Now, here's the thing. There is only one master. There is only the one that is dominant over us, and that is the Christ. Why? Because he died for our sins. And all power was given unto him. Galatians, the third chapter, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. So who are you thinking that you are ahead of? You are not ahead of anybody. You are equal. And if you are greater, then you are a servant to God's people. But you're never the head over anybody. Anybody that's in the body of Christ. We are equal. Again, if you are greater, you are a servant to God's people. And we also, yes, we have spiritual brethren. Read through the 25th chapter, starting the 40th verse. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So, if you think you are doing something to damage another person, remember what Jesus has said. You are also doing it unto me. You have done it unto me. So be careful who you, how you treat people because you are treating Jesus the same way. Why? Because we are his brethren. Revelations, the 12th chapter, and I won't be before you long. I just want to let you know that there is only one master. There is, one, there is only one dominant spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, the Christ, the anointed one. Revelation, the 12th chapter, the 10th verse, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, in the power of his Christ, the anointed. For the accuser, the enemy, the devil, Lucifer, of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. He, the enemy, the devil, is accusing us day and night. He just can't stop talking about us. He's, what, finger-pointing same things that we have done or been influenced by day and night. The accuser, Lucifer, of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. But he's cast down. In other words, he is ignored. Because he is the accuser, but he's ignored. He's ignored. He's ignored all the time, day and night. Because he's the con the, confu the the accuser of, of our people, of our God, day and night. Which accused them before our God, day and night. Revelations, the 19th chapter, starting in the 20th verse. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that brought miracles before him, 
worship his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now listen at this 20th verse, Revelation 19. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrote miracles before him. Now, there are a lot of false prophets in the church, and they are practicing multiple things that is not like God. And they will have their part in the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Brimstone never goes out. It burns forever. Now, we need a spiritual relationship with God, with the anointed Christ and God the Father. Matthew, the 20th chapter and the 50th verse. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and my sister and mother. Romans, the third chapter, 29th verse, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Now, see, Peter gathered that revelation in the book of Acts. And Paul caught a hold to that revelation and said, is he the God of the Jews only? No. He, is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes. Of the Gentiles also. In other words, there is no circumcision and there is no uncircumcision anymore. There's no Jew, there's no Greek, there is only God's people. The Jews and the Gentiles. And yes, Paul answered himself, yes, of the Gentiles also. So the Jews and the Gentiles are equal. Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, and I'm about to close. Do, do, the sixth verse, do, do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath bought thee? Have he not made thee and established thee? In other words, God is the one that created us and the enemy exploited us through the flesh because in our flesh dwells no good thing. So we are toying. We are fighting with our flesh in our minds because the flesh is in opposition of the Spirit of God. And we are constantly in battle. And if the battle is on the inside of our mind, and we have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, we must cast down every imagination that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, which is God's word. And we must know and recognize that there is only one master, and his name is Jesus Christ, the anointed and the anointing.
we must recognize that there's nobody above you. There's nobody that should think that they are greater than you. Now, if they are the greatest, then they are servants to you because they're great. In other words, they study the Bible, they understand God's spirit, and they must teach you to observe all things. They are a servant. They can't have all this greatness and keep it to themselves because if they keep it to themselves, then their assignment hasn't went forth. Their purpose, they have lost it, and they lost their salt. And when they lost their salt, they lost the Savior. So you want people to trumpet you under their feet because you no longer are in your purpose, because you think you're too great to serve anybody, but it, that is the opposite if you're great, you are a servant. And you are not the master over them. There is only one master. And you must see and obey the assignment that your master, our master, has given us. Be humble. Don't think that you want to be seen in the house in the churches, in the synagogue, or in the marketplace. You want to be seen. Don't do as the scribes and Pharisees, but do listen to their words because their words are words of truth, but they, not, they are not living examples of the word, but they are evil examples of life. So they have good doctrine, but evil examples of life. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to eat the fish and throw away, throw away the bones that we may survive in these last and evil days. Help us to be strong. Keep giving us strength, God. Thank you for salvation and strength. Give us strength that we may grow thereby. Protect us, God, from the evil one. Give us a mind to resist the devil, and he shall flee from us. He shall flee, God. Thank you for your arm of protection. Let your angels encamp around about us. Protect our minds, our bodies, in our spirit, protect our organs from sickness, God. Bless us. You said in your word that you give us richly all things to enjoy. I enjoy, and I enjoy, and I enjoy. I enjoy in the morning, and I enjoy in the evening, God. Thank you for peace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for everlasting life. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. We thank God for just being who he is. He is the I am God because God is in every place at the same time. He's in you. He's around you. He's above you. He is 
there and don't have the enemy to think that he is not there. He is there. God is always there. And remember that God will be your chief cornerstone all the time. And we thank God for being there with us and for us. Amen. The Bible says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are their ways of death. So we have to gather ourselves and enjoy life as Jesus has given it to us. Amen. I'm a hater, you know he be fine.